Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. And I am also at full health. Always. Questionable. Wow. Uh, this is the Emo Social Club podcast, the podcast about music, emo music, and Chicago. Too much about Chicago. Yeah, uh, but it's okay. It's fine, because this episode is with uh, a, a Naperville resident, <laughs> Daryl Wilson of the Bull Weevils. Uh, this is an interview that Lizzie has done in her previous life that we had to have on the actual pod life. Yeah, I interviewed Daryl probably got like 2016, 2017, and it was for my college radio show. So it was live, but I also had a hard time limit, so... This was better to be able, and also this was uncensored. It was on air. I, I, you can't swear on air. Oh, um, so this was a lot you different. Plus, I wasn't like air. queuing up music in between while interviewing him and being like, "Oh, you <laughs> mentioned the smoking popes. Let me cue that up so I can transition out of this conversation into the smoking popes." And that's how I do my transitions and why. Thank you. She's always thinking about transitions. It's I'm a very good interview. Brain. It's a very good chat. He's got a lot of insight. He's a smart guy. Um, I'm not dying, so he's wrong about that. He, Brian might be dying. We don't know yet until he goes All to right. the doctor. All right. Well, he is a doctor. That's why I did it. Yeah, but you might still be dying. Guys, you're going to find out on this episode. We really don't know sometimes. But before we find out on this episode, rate us five stars to keep me alive. <laughs> Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music. Leave a little review. Say, get better, Brian, I guess, or something like that. He can read it on his bed as he slowly yeah. descends into, I don't know. Into sleep. death. Yeah, death. Slowly go into that cold, dark light. What the fuck are we doing? Anyway, <laughs> uh, five-star review on your podcast app of choice. You can also follow us on any of our social media network uh, website uh, handles. Uh, our Instagram handle is at Emo Social Club. Our Twitter handle and our TikTok handle are the same at X Emo Social Club X. Um, we have a handle at YouTube where this is also a video podcast. You can find us there. We're just Emo Social Club over on the YouTubes and uh, we post these podcasts as a video. It should handle. be pretty easy for you to find us. Yeah. If you and can I'll handle it, would it, you say? Oh, no. <laughs> That's a symptom of Brian's illness. He makes sometimes jokes like that. You're going to be the first to die of the two of us. I guarantee it. <laughs> what? Why the way you talk, <laughs> you're about to be the first one done. Why? Because are you going to kill me? That's not what hmm. I said. Hmm. That's not what I said. The illusion, the looting here. going to throw you into Lake Michigan. Anyway. The ocean. <laughs> okay. We are going to give away tickets to Raya Fest. We don't know when yet. So follow us on all those socials that I just mentioned so that you can keep up in the loop. Of when we are doing that. We're going to do it on one of our streams. Yeah. So you can also follow us at EmoSocialClub.tv over on Twitch. And we'll, we'll, we'll be going live at some point and doing a little bit of a giveaway then. So stay tuned. Obviously, there's a few months left until Riot Fest. The lineup was just announced. It's hot fire. It's absolute fire. It's so good. Uh, so if you, if you want to wait and try to see if you win a ticket, uh, we'll, we'll try to do it sooner than later. But... We, we, we told them uh, we, we have a contract. We don't have a contract. There's, no contract. There's tell... emails. That's, that's yeah. it. And you know what? That's fine. But you they know, told you, us to you tell you chance. about it. We know, now you know about it, but we're, we're, we'll do it eventually. We'll, we'll get to them giveaways soon. Uh, but in the meantime, let's do, let's, this is the podcast. Uh, let's, let's do it. This is our interview with Daryl Wilson of the Bull Weevils. Welcome. To the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv, I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here with Dr. Daryl Wilson of the Bull Weevils, and it's great to be talking to you again. Yeah, hey, how you doing, Lizzie? Good to see you. Brian, how you? you yeah. You're looking, you're looking pretty healthy, all of you. Looking healthy. <laughs> 
We're we're going to make so many references to every conversation we had before we started recording, and it's going to be for they us and for us alone. They didn't come. I'm not. Early. I'm it's not okay. going to do that. Nope. I'm not going to. That's only only the patrons get to see that. So I'm not going to. Yeah, say the about patrons. That. The patrons sponsored by Monster no. Energy Drink again. Right. The callbacks. Um, it's it, it is a good reference though that you're, uh, you're like let's talk to you again. And meanwhile, like I know because you and Lizzie have already done an interview previously, right? So I'm technically talking to you for the first time, though I yes. think we met at Raya Fest last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, like in passing when like when I ran to Lizzie and then you were hanging out too, and I ignored you and talked to her because yeah. I didn't know you. So I was like, <laughs> that was it. Just I mean, that way like, sometimes. Everybody who knew Lizzie in press was like, I only want to talk to Lizzie, and I'm just like kind of in the background, just like. <laughs> three feet taller than her just like whatever i don't care <laughs> like, i'm not even hiding behind her <laughs> no being ignored completely but no no it's it is it's it's good to be on the show i appreciate it and you know lizzie and i she had me on well i think i i kind of busted into your show didn't i kind of bust you, into so the, 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 the tale as it goes is that uh for everyone who doesn't know i used to run the local radio show at my college radio station wnc local chaos <laughs> and uh, Daryl <laughs> was able to come in because he's local to uh, my college station. Yep. And um, and sl- like the, we did a similar interview, but it was between um, music because it was yes. live on air. So kind of yeah. similar. But, uh, you know, I mean, I was like, yeah, cool. Let's go. I love punk music. and I listen to you guys and I'm soaked yeah. on it. And here and we like, are yet again. Yeah. Zach, Zach from Sleeping Under 47, yes. you know, Zach let us in, you know, Zach's out there make it, you know, brewing all kinds of wonderful ciders and things. So he was like, Hey, come out and can you come up here? I'm like, I sure. I'm right down the block. Like, I guess right I can show up. <laughs> so I'll help to go over there. So I kind of ran over and then just kind of busted in and said, Hey, I'm here. And you're like, what the, I'm like, Hey, how's it going? I'm here to hang out, which was fun, which is cool. Yeah, it, was no, good time. it all worked out. It did work out well. I think I wore the same sweat. I only have this outfit. I think so. I found I you guys like liked my old photo that I posted of it. And I looked at it and I was like, what if I wore Cause I still have my same misfit sweater. I'm like, what if I wore the same thing? <laughs> nothing, nothing ever changes. We're in this loop of time. Nothing ever changes. It's like, what it's like i'm wearing the same outfit from back then it's like because at least i can still fit it though that's the good yeah, thing that's a so good that thing. says something that says something about my health and well-being so Brett, how's your health doing it's fine <laughs> my health is just okay my monster okay. energy drink is keeping me on my feet that's all i got um definitely definitely preserved it's definitely keeping me i'm preserved i'm so preserved inside it's just salt <laughs> and and whatever the hell chemicals are in a monster Oh, what, no. is, what the hell even is a taurine? Where do you find a taurine out there in the in the in the wild? You know, I feel like you're like slowly pickling your insides with it. Yeah, or or actually liquefying them. They are liquefying <laughs> them. <laughs> I'm creating pickle juice, I guess. Oh, I yes. don't like any of that. <laughs> It sounds like, you know, it's probably closer to that than anything else. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I hijacked the conversation. I apologize. I'm trying to Nah, I mean, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let you introduce yourself and tell us about you and, and, and the bowl wheels and, and this new record that you just released or yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. Sure. So I'm, you know, Daryl, I sing for the band bow weevils. Um, you know, we've been a punk rock band for God since 1989, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, we, uh, been in the Chicago area for all this time. We've, you know, I guess we're considered a legacy band, which means we're old, um, you know, <laughs> Chicago punk rock legacy legends or whatever, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, we just released this record, um, on May 5th on Red Scare Records, Red Scare Industry, um, called Essential. And it's our best work to date. Uh, the last thing we put out as an LP, uh, was back, geez, 28 years ago. And, um, we did have a seven inch that we released back in 2014, um, the, uh, seven inch. And that was, you know, the part of what was put onto this record, um, those two songs, but then we kind of had a hiatus of not even a hiatus. We just had this delay in trying to get our music together and get ourselves together. So um, we finally got the right lineup. We have the right, you know, formula of who we are. And, and we became this, we became this powerhouse of a band that now has the powerhouse record out. <laughs> um, as you might know, I am a physician. I, you know, I'm an emergency physician. I take care of people at their worst time. 
And um, I also, you know, have family and hang out here in the, the, the burbs, um, but still have opportunities to play punk rock and do that kind of thing that makes my soul feel, you know, full. Um, so I'm just happy to be hanging out here. Um, that wasn't a very good intro about myself. I'm usually <laughs> pretty, you know, pretty good about saying some pretty nice things about myself. <laughs> but that was that was a pretty lame ass intro. So um, I was hoping you guys had more questions. This this is already going to hell. So there we go. <laughs> this is this is already going to shit. You know, I I'm not good at talking about myself, which is a lie, which is a total lie. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the musician uh, battle of like self promo where it's like, I want to be on stage performing this music that I've written that I've created that means a lot to me for people. And people are like, Oh, tell us about you. And you're like, ah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, actually, I said enough about it during the preview stuff that nobody got mm -hmm. to see. That's so true. that's, that's basically your fault. You should have recorded That's all true. that. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So you missed out on the best part of it. I just, I, I'm, I lost it all. I'm, I'm old. I'm senile. The brain <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Right. You know, it's just not working right. <laughs> oh my God. But you're not, um, you know, this old senile doctor, which would be no. very ironic uh, because you have also <laughs> recently, you played and opened with Rise Against. Again, like local, also Chicago legends. And you're playing Piozza Fest. I don't know if I pronounced that right at all. Puza. Puza. This weekend. Um, yes. <laughs> which is crazy because you guys came back and I feel like you announced, you're like, hey, guess what? We're here, and I've seen, like, nothing but just, like, you guys posting all the time and playing gigs. And I'm like, oh, wow, they just literally said, let's fucking go. So how yeah. has that been? Yeah, I mean, that's that's good. I mean, I think you, you look at, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you know, you, you look at life and say, you know, what what do you really want to do? What are, what are things that you enjoy? And, um, you know, what are your priorities? And, and my priorities, you know, kind of revolve around, you know, my, my family, my health, you know, those things are top priorities. And then, you know, music is in there in one of my priorities. So um, it, it's definitely something that makes me feel full. As I mentioned before, it does fill the soul. Um, it doesn't pay the bills, but that's not what this is about. You know, I definitely want to make sure we get some, you know, reimbursement for what we do. So it's not just, you know, coming out of the I work for these things, you know, every day and my kids go, Hey dad, can I have something to eat? I'm like, Oh no, that, that band thing had to pay <laughs> for that. Band um, you know, but it, it, it's something that definitely fulfills another aspect of, of living. And, um, you know, why not, you know, why not do things that you enjoy? I think a lot of people inhibit themselves from, uh, taking chances or doing things that might be, outside of the norm, they think, or at least they think they, they limit themselves in some ways. And I, I've never wanted to live with limits in that sense. I mean, limits are, are what you place on yourself. Other people can't tell you what you should be limited to do. That That's the worst thing. They take away all your power. So, um, you know, I, I just want to live and enjoy and, and have experiences because that's going to matter in the end. Um, not all the toys you collect or all the things you get. I mean, it's going to be the experiences you have with people. And so, yeah, our opportunities to, to play with, you know, our, our friends and rise against, you know, I've known Joe Principe forever. He's one of my best friends, you know, he's like my, one of my, my brother basically. And, um, you know, he, those guys, you know, Tim, those guys would come see us play back in the day. And Zach, when he was in Hagfish, you know, we were recruiting, his band to be on Dr. Strange way back in the day, you know, and, and Brandon's just a great dude. It's like all those guys, we know them. And it's just like kind of being invited to play with your friends is, is cool. That's what shows were. And that's what shows always are is the opportunity to hang out with your best friends and, and play some music and, and hopefully entertain some people. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> and then having the smoking popes play, you know, the next night and Kalamasi play, it's basically an old home week of all of our friends playing, you know, Chicago guys getting up there and just doing it. So it, it was an amazing experience. It was it was awesome to play in front of, you know, uh, the play at the Metro, which is uh, the mecca of 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 all music here in Chicago and in the world. It's one of the greatest venues on the planet, one of the last independent venues on the planet, by the way, which is really cool. And, um, you know, we, we, our first show, my first show 
in the Bow Weevils was at the Metro, you know, back you know, at their ninth anniversary gala event. And we opened up for Naked Raygun of all bands, which is our, you know, big influence. And, you know, have the opportunity to play the Metro for their 40th, you know, anniversary and to play with Rise Against, which we played with them on their 10th anniversary as a band. It's kind of like an amazing thing that we as a Chicago legendary band can have this opportunity to be back in that place that we played at back in the day um, and have all of our friends there and then play in front of this crowd that many people may have not known who we were. Um, you know, people did, but other people may have never experienced us and see what, you know, Chicago punk rock is all about. And, um, you know, we're always going to bring that kind of level of, of action and excitement and fun and um, just put our hearts out there and play our best. And so, yeah, it, it was a great experience. And, and now having other opportunities to play shows with the new record out, you know, you know, playing at Pooza Fest, coming up and playing on Saturday. So we leave, we fly out tomorrow morning. Um, and then, you know, our record release show the 27th of, Mar of May uh, at uh, Chop Shop in Chicago, which everybody should go to that. It'll be fun. You know, the dopamines are playing and, you know, uh, Reaganomics and Butchered. And it, it's it's going to be a great show. Um, it, it's 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 really good to just be out there having um, uh, the time to enjoy entertaining people and entertaining ourselves and, um, you know, putting our music out there and having people listen to what we're doing. Um, you know, you, you can't trade that. That that's what life's about is making sure that you're you're experiencing things is is to the highest level, and that's what we're doing right now. It strikes me as interesting about uh, playing in front of some of these new audiences, uh, obviously because of like this massive resurgence of a lot of old music, a lot of bands from back in the day, and a lot of like new discovery of these bands that maybe haven't played in a long time, haven't been together, mm -hmm. haven't made any mu new music in a long time. Um, have you seen some of that with like some of the old, the old punk bands and uh, the, the, the legendary punk scene in some of these, these places, or uh, I, I guess, how has TikTok helped your band? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think TikTok has helped my band in any way, shape or form. Um, I mean, I, I did something for Riot Fest and they put it on their TikTok, mm -hmm. but I mean, I, I if, if you asked me to post something on TikTok, it'd be a zero. I mean, it's like, I think uh, Ken, our guitar player's kid, posted something mm -hmm. for us, I think, one time. But it's like, has it helped us? No. I, I think that um, it, music gets discovered in a lot of different ways. And I know that there's, you know, many different mediums to expose people to your band. And yes, you have to go to where they are. And that's where a lot of people are. And so we, we have to become more savvy in the use of some of these other mediums. But I do think that people still go through some of the old fashioned means that people will talk to people about it and or post it themselves and say, wow, this is something I heard and this is really good. Um, you know, I think good things always rise. And right now I think our, our record is really, really good. And it's it's gotten buzz and people have, are talking about it and people are listening to it. And there is this, you know, want to discover kind of this, what is, the, the origins of some of this stuff that people listen to now, listen to old school punk rock. But I don't think our stuff sounds dated anyway. That's the thing I think it's really, you know, um, unique to our, our, our record is that I don't think we ever sound dated. Even our older stuff doesn't sound dated. It sounds like something you'd hear today. And so um, it is something you can hear today. And, and our, our, our style of playing that we've matured in some senses, um, it, it's, it's, it's something that people hear and they go, wow, that's that's good. It's it's punk. It's something that, you know, I, I want to, you know, listen to the whole record straight through. I want to I want to, you know, destroy my living room because of this <laughs> record. Um, and so I, I think that's that's the thing. I mean, bands are coming back and playing and, and having this revitalized, you know, want to write new things. You know, Sludgeworth is out there working on new new songs. I mean, they're buddies of ours from way back in the day and they're they're coming back and they're killing it, which is great. Um, and then you see some of the old veterans of punk rock, you know, you know, look at Keith Morris, who's still, you know, killing it with circle jerks right now. And then off, you know, it's like that, that's, that's what you want to see. That's what I aspire to be. You know, it's like, if, if Keith can do this, I want to be Keith. He's my hero. You know, <laughs> that, that's the stuff that I want to do, you know? It, so I, I, I think that, um, there's, there's 
playing in front of new people is always great because it's having that discovery that somebody goes, this band I saw and it's like, this is great. And having older people still coming out to see shows and, and, and see us play is awesome too. So it is trying to find a way to get new people to hear us because we can play to, to our fans all the time, which we love to because it's fun. Um, but adding to that is great. Having, you know, the kids of some of the people that would come to see us be fans of the band is cool. We played it fest and, you know, this guy walks up and says, hey, Daryl, it was awesome to see you guys play. And he brought his son. His son's like 20 something. I'm going, wow, that's that's full circle. You know, you, <laughs> you get the dad and his kid mm. who are there watching us and they're both fans of the band, which is really, really cool. And And then at that same moment, I felt crushingly old at that point <laughs> which is the thing so because the reality sets in where you go my god i'm seeing you and your son and then they might bring their kid and it could be you could be the grandfather and your son <laughs> and your grandkid and i'm still playing so welcome to me mr lazarus over here <laughs> i mean like i definitely get that and i think too with like a lot of your older stuff i was listening to essential and i think it was it's still that raw punk, but it does sound more like, oh, I know you did this in like a studio setting, but it also gave me this also this modern ish sound that does kind of remind me of some of like Rise Against a little bit, but mm -hmm. still under like two minutes, which is yeah. obviously like the punk way to do it. So when you were <laughs> kind of constructing Essential and like a lot of these like different songs on here. What was going through your mind in terms of like evolution of from when you guys started 28 years ago, which is mm -hmm. I was born 28 years ago. <laughs> Chill. Now. Down, Chill. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think the big thing that helped to evolve the sound is we, we took our time. And, and I think what it used to be, we'd all do our part and come into the studio. We'd all record and we'd be like, that's my part and I'm done. And we pride ourselves on just do it in one take and be done with it. Not really take the time to do other takes or to maybe play it again because you could play it better. It's like if you played it and you thought you were satisfied with it, it's like you're good. And so then you put it out there and then later on you go, how oh, you could have done that differently, could have done that better. And you can't pull that back once it's put down and out for general consumption. So, you know, this time we took our own our, our own sweet time to make it. Right. We worked as a unit. Um, we took criticisms from each other and we didn't take them in a negative way. We didn't suddenly just react negatively when somebody says, hey, can you redo that part or can you change the way you're singing that? Um, we let the songs mature before we actually recorded them instead of just saying we got this song down. Let's go record it now. So um, it, it's it's growth from the standpoint of having, you know, been around for a long time, heard our old stuff and then sometimes looked back and said, you know, that was good at the time. Why didn't we take more time to make it better? And, um, you know, this process was definitely took the time that when the songs were written, we were playing them live for a long period of time. And then we finally got to a point where we felt that the song was finally at its, at its pinnacle. And then we took it to the studios and recorded it. And some of the songs we've been playing for eight years, you know, we've been playing them for that time and they still weren't ready to be recorded. And um, once we got to the point where we felt, yeah, this is it. And even then when we were even in the studio taking criticisms from Jeff Dean when he was recording us and saying, hey, change that a little bit. That's that's should sound this way. And we're like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. And then getting it mixed by Chris Beeble at the Blasting Room, you know, that took it over the top. And it's like the, it, it made our sound sound the way we always wanted to sound and 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 brought it up to a, a, a modern day, you know, iteration of us. And, um, you know, we, we left the recording studio satisfied with what we recorded, saying that that's our best right now. We don't need to think about it. We don't need to worry about it. Whatever we put out there is out there and, and we're satisfied with it. So, um, yeah, we grew a lot, um, you know, from, from heavyweight to now. And heavyweight's a great record. Don't get me wrong. Way back, you know, last record LP from 28 years ago, heavyweight's a great record. And um, but this is now our 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 best. And and it's great because people who are old fans of ours hear it and they're like, awesome. Then new fans hear it and go, this band's awesome. 
And then they might go back and discover the old stuff too and go, this band's still awesome. So, so which is good. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely think like, it's always interesting to me as, as a, I, I'm kind of on the outside of punk rock. Like I grew up as more <laughs> of like a, a metal kid and it always felt like when I was growing up, I'm older than Lizzie. So I was at least around during the time when you were starting out. Um, <laughs> but it was always like, Oh my God, my dog won't stop barking. I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah. So it was always like, man, all these like punk records just don't sound good. They sound like they were recorded by like just some guy in his garage. And it just, it just, <laughs> the songs might be okay, but I have a really hard time listening to them because of just how it sounds, you know? So, yeah. Uh, that was always a, a struggle for me to get into, into punk rock was just like the, the recording and all that too. So, and you know, there, there's, it's funny though. There's, a, there's a throwback now to people to try and sound almost lo-fi on things in some sense, which is cool. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I listen to like old stuff. I'll go listen to some old government issue and things like that. And, you know, those are some of my favorite bands. And, and yeah, the recordings might not sound up to, you know, the recordings of today. But, I mean, those things still have their place and their importance. And, and that sound is a part of what makes it so gritty, so dangerous, so, you know, like underground and something that's hidden from consumption of other people. Um, so you had to have, you know, this almost inside track to say, yeah, listen to this and then realize what was happening and how it was so good. Um, yeah, maybe it wasn't recorded as well as, you know, things are now. Everybody's got the ability to do so many things to, to the recordings, but our, our stuff is still pretty raw. That's what it comes down to. It's still recording it as it is and trying to make it as live as, as possible. And um, that comes from what we used to listen to, you know, everything you heard back in the day was raw, you know, just, you know, taken, you know, just dirty. And that, that had its own, um, personality to the records as well as you listen to them and like listening on vinyl, you know, that's, that's the thing too, listening to things on vinyl and hearing it versus things being transferred to digital medium, like a CD, you know, definitely a change in how things sounded. And I still have that visceral warm sensation when you listen to something on vinyl you know that that still crackle that, that you get um that you can't get on you know a, a digital medium um but yeah i mean is it convenient to hear things digitally and you had to make sure that things sound you know it, it fill that space right yes it, it, it's going to make people have an ear towards that you know um i guess all of us old guys grew up listening to things that may have been recorded pretty poorly. So it it's, it's makes us go like when something is like, Oh, that sounds great. And you're like, God, that sounds horrible. It's like, what are you talking about? This is perfect. You know? <laughs> uh, and it takes outside people sometimes to say, maybe you should listen to that again. Cause it doesn't sound good. So you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> right. It can be nostalgic for sure. And obviously like uh, a friend of mine got, he decided to get into vinyl recently. And I was like, wow, what a, decision to make in your in your mid to late 30s of like i've decided it's done i'm getting into vinyl and he, he's a vinyl guy now like he's a vinyl guy he's like he's like looking at record store day releases it's like this is a really strong like day one to, to the next day like you're a completely different person uh <laughs> about vinyl but it's like also just like sitting there and listening to a record and like getting really invested in in the songs and like you're not focused on anything else you don't have your phone right. you don't not it, you're not driving. It's just I'm listening to the music and I'm like, OK, I guess that makes sense. But if I was like hearing <laughs> a record that didn't sound good, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think the final is going to help me feel this. But, more. <laughs> you know, but it's like the thing about having a vinyl is like you get the, you know, the having the sleeve of the record and looking at the art and then the liner notes and the lyric, everything that's in it. And then the feel of the vinyl and, you know, if the vinyl's colored or anything that's like etched on it, um, you know, it, and then it does take t stillness and concentration to focus on the recording when you have vinyl. You know, when, you, when you have something that is, you know, digital and you can just skip away, it's like you may never really 
find those other deep cuts in that you really would like of the band. You know, you, you don't have the chance to really absorb it in some sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it's easier to have, a, a, you know, 10 million songs on your mobile device to be streamed and played, you know, for you, which is awesome. I, I love that. I love the convenience of having that to listen to one of my favorite bands and, you know, stream their stuff. That's cool. But yeah, the, the ability to absorb a band and really fall in love sometimes with them in some sense, vinyl takes patience. Vinyl takes, you know, a, a, an ability to sit still and really be concentrating on what you're listening to. And you, you have to be physically involved because you have to flip the record to get to the other side. So um, th that I think has its merit in some sense. And it's cool that your friend has now falling into that, you know, uh, appreciation of music in that way and it's not to be like you know there's so many people out there that are also vinyl snobs and things like that i'm not anything like that it's just <laughs> that i understand that when i grew up listening to music was this thing of getting the 12 inch of this one and then the mix of this or you know the special uh you know european import import of that and finding all these little gems and then listening to the record and then listening to the b-side and realizing oh my god this b-side track is is fire this thing's the best and you know finding the the seven inch that was released of you know the single but then the back side of the single had this other song you wouldn't get on the album and you're like that's cool and you know finding one of those songs would be your favorite and then when you go see the band live and they play that song you're like i can't believe they're playing this you know <laughs> it's that kind of stuff so um it's cool i mean it, it, the vinyl experience and the digital experience it's it's all it's all it's all gravy i mean it's all music right it's all music um, and whatever way you can get into music and discover it is, is grand. Um, I just hope that people, you know, discover us and fall in love with us in that way, which they should, because we're lovable. We're a lovable band and we're awesome. That's how that goes. <laughs> and that's why the kids will find you one day on TikTok. Right. I'll, I'm, okay, I'm going to do a TikTok after this whole thing's over. Yeah, right? we're making just, it happen. This entire thing is actually just going to be a TikTok. And then it's just going to be your, your latest single layered underneath it. And people right. Are like, That's <laughs> under two minutes. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know, it's there, you know. Daryl, be like this. <laughs> Listening to the Bull Weevils is like this. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll end up, I think what's been funny is that there's a few, like, creators on TikTok, as there are many of them. They'll be like, oh, look at, like, listen to this old band that you, like, forgot right. about. It's like. Here's MGMT. I'm like, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> it's MGMT. Right. They're still played right. very actively on the radio. They're touring. What do you mean? Well, you will I mean, end up the... on one of those. And I'm going to be like, what do you mean? They're still <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> Life's, lifespans of things are very, very shortened now. It's like there's, we're in some weird time warp thing mm -hmm. that makes everything have a lifespan of only maybe... 40 seconds. We're like mayflies, whatever you survive for a day and you're gone. It's like yeah, the life of the mayfly. You're done. It's like, yep. Lifespan short. That's I mean, it. So uh, I, I've, I've, I want to ask you about this because obviously like in, in the world of a band, you're like, I want to have as many people listening to me as possible. And I yeah. think that like a lot of, especially young bands go, we're going to be the biggest band in the world. We want everybody listening. We want millions of listeners, millions of followers. We want to play the biggest stadiums. But like in reality, you really like you probably be fine if you had like a thousand people at a venue, right? Like that's oh, just God, that'd be amazing. Right. And then like, <laughs> obviously, because you have your life outside of the band, it, the band is, is part of your holistic experience of your life this is how i say it for myself i'm like i podcast as part of the holistic experience of my life and <laughs> right. everyone's like dude fuck off you have a podcast we get it shut up um <laughs> but like as you have your your full-time gig as a doctor you have your family and you have the band it's like do you do you still feel like you need uh, uh <laughs> millions of people listening to your band or is it more like the the more you have in your life the more it's like does the small audiences that are listening to me mean more because they're more it's more of a strong connection to each person that's listening to me yeah i mean you, you want to play in front of as many people as you can you want people to experience your music and and that's the thing you want to touch as many human beings as possible i mean not physically but you want to make sure musically you, you know musically touch them <laughs> and so um yeah you want that i mean 
you know, there's limits to that too. I mean, my, my profession limits my exposure, right? So I, I can't go out and tour, you know, 200 days a year. I it can't do that. It's an impossibility. So it does limit the ability to get exposed to a larger swath of, of fans. Now, internet and, and the ability for things to be spread in a viral manner that way helps in some sense because you can have people listen to you or see you in a way that isn't in a virtual way, you know, and not necessarily having to see you physically as a band. So I think that's given opportunities for bands to have a, a longevity that may have not garnered for bands way back in the day. And so um, you always want to get new people to listen to you. You always want to play in front of, you know, bigger crowds and have new people discover you. I mean, the opportunities at the Rise Against show are, are, are you know, a good example of that. Um, but, but does it make or break me? Right. It's, it's not what this doesn't pay the bills. It's not the thing that I have to have a, a certain number of followers or a certain number of listeners to make sure that my kids get to eat or, you know, get a, a pair of shoes on their feet instead of wearing, you know, potato sacks. It's like that, that, so, so, so it doesn't have the same, you know, anxiety inducing hit about it. I, I just can play it for the pure love of just doing it versus making it into a job. So, so that's, I think that's important to me, but like I said, what it does for me is it pays me back in dividends because it allows me to have experiences that are, you know, going to be talked about till, till I die. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's, a, the, I guess I avoided your answer. You're answering your question. <laughs> Um, no, do you want new fans all the time? You do. Do you, do you really put it into the reality that you're going to be playing in front of millions of people? It's like people <laughs> who are, are great at sports and, you know, you're, you're a great ball player. You know, you're, you can beat everybody in your neighborhood. You can beat people at your high school. And then you keep go up these levels and you keep going up and you realize you run into people that are way better than you, or they have other opportunities that are different than you. And your goals in your head might've been like, I'm going to be a baller and play in the NBA, but it's like, Maybe not. Maybe you're going to be a high school basketball coach and that's still going to be good enough to give you your opportunity to use the, the, the skills that you have and the talents that you have and do something that you love and still get to, you know, get compensated for it in some way and live your life. Um, or you may be that lucky person that gets to play in the NBA, but maybe you're not going to be, you know, a, a, you know, a LeBron James. You're not going to be that guy. You're going to be a swing person who does their work and gets their job done and plays for their years and goes out, you know, as a football player, you might play for three years because you're going to get injured and then be done. And that's your career. But, you know, but you got to do that. You, you got to experience that. So um, do I like where we sit? Yeah, it's great. Would I like to have more? Of course. Um, are there going to be limitations to what I can actually obtain? Of course, only because of the other things that I do in my life every day. I feel like that's a that's a solid answer. Like being realistic of it all, but also being like, I'm happy with where it is, and I'm also realistic of like yeah. what things kind of come out of it. And and with things get bigger, it's like great. I mean, whatever opportunities happen, happen. You, it, it it's the philosophic you know stance of you know amor fate. You got to love your fate. And just whatever it is, you got to love it. If it's, you know, indifferent to it all, it's just, you love your fate. You love what's going on. You love everything and just go, that's really cool. You know, I get an opportunity to go play in Montreal, you know, tomorrow. And I get to fly out and, and play on Saturday. That's really cool. I can't complain about that. Do I complain like, oh God, we're only playing like poos and blah. It's like, no, that's really cool. That's really cool. It's like, if you listen to yourself talk half the time, you know, you know, some of the problems you might have are really champagne problems. Like your, your <laughs> problems are like, how cold is that champagne? Oh, it's not cold enough. It's not down to 54 degrees. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's like, that's not a problem. That's not a real problem. So, you know, your, your fake problems just need to be left alone and just, just get, give it up, man. Yeah, that's, it's kind of just what I see from the internet. It's just like, uh, I, I and I, I think it like like when I was starting a band and I wanted to do music, it definitely felt like I was doing it for the purpose of making it a career. And I felt mm -hmm. like there were different choices I was making because I was thinking to myself, no, I need this to be a band that I'm in for a lifetime. Like I need this to pay the bills. Uh, I'm not going to have a backup plan. 
and now I have a podcast. So <laughs> that didn't happen and work out that way. And I think it's just like, uh, I, I also kind of wonder about like the Chicago <laughs> scene in general. Like, uh, I mean, I never played the Metro and you played it on your first show and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, what happened after that, we didn't play the Metro after that for a while. We mm -hmm. had to come back and we had to build it back up. We had a taste of that. And it's like, if you really want this, you work hard to get it. And we did. And we did. And we got to play it after that multiple other times. So, I mean, there are opportunities to do things. I've had a, a robust life experience, you know, and, you know, it's I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, even whatever experiences happen, they've made me into the guy I am today. And the opportunities I've had have all come out of whatever adversity has been perceived in the past too, whatever obstacles are there. And I, I think that, you know, you, you, when you talk about like backup plans, you mentioned that, I, I guess in some sense, I always wanted to be a physician and that there was, was hundred percent. I was going to do that. I didn't have a backup plan for that. I, I, you know, I was going to match for residencies. I only put in four residencies to match for and people are like, you can't do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Cause this is the place I want to go to. You dive in hundred percent. And if you have no backup plan, you know, you won't kind of fall back on it when you, the times get tough, you're just going to work hard to get to what you want. If you really want that goal to, you know, be, I want to, be in the band that is, I want to be in the Menzingers. I want to be in this band. I want to play in front of this many people. You know, I want to be, I want to be Keith Morris. I want to play like here. And so I could, I could do that if I really put my mind to it, but I, I know what I really want. I, I like what I do with the band. And if it more things happen, so be it. I, I will take them. Um, but I know where my bread is buttered and it's buttered from what I do here as a physician. The, the, the supplemental part of it is I, the band's the other part of my life. You know, if I took it and said the band was only going to be in my life, then I'd be talking to you and saying, hey, you know, you guys just played, you know, uh, this, these festivals in, in Europe. You did this, which we could still do that. We've done it, you know, um, but you guys played in front of 100,000 people and did this. How was that show? It was awesome. It was great. But it, it's my job and I have to work to do that. I can purely do this out of the fun that it is. And if you and, and in any way, whenever you're doing anything, if you're not having fun, then why do it? You know, you have to really ask yourself that, you know, if, if it just becomes a job because you just have to do it to, you know, punch the clock and go in, then go do something else to do that. You could do something 10 times easier to, <laughs> to punch the clock and, and instead of like suffering your, your body and, and lack of sleep and traveling all over the place. So I, I think ultimately, whenever you're doing anything, whatever you're pursuing, if it's not enjoyable, you have to ask yourself, why do you do it? And if you continue to do it, you can't bitch about it. You really can't. You have to just accept it and go, I choose to go do this. So I have to accept it and I should shut my yap and just do it. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I'm a big pr proponent of uh, if I don't like a job I'm in, I will try to find an exit strategy or like, you know, right. if it works, it works. Um, but then it's like, OK, how do I monitor and in with that in that area until I can leave or it's like, you know, Campbell's breaking point at that point. Yeah. But it's mm -hmm. like especially that like you're doing this to sustain yourself. You're doing this to live. You're doing it for most of your life, which I mean, there's a whole bunch of other argumentation and debate about that that we're not going to get into. Um, but I feel like thoroughly like you then you should really enjoy what you do then. Like otherwise right. I don't feel like. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be playing in this band if I didn't enjoy it, right? If it wasn't something that was fun and all of us together having a good time, then we wouldn't do it. You know, it, it's like that's the thing. I mean, and, and I think that also gets translated out and, and, and people can and understand that where they look at us and go, they're having a great time. I'm going to have a good time. You know, that's that's what it is. People want to enjoy what they're doing. You don't go to a show and you want to see people who are playing who really don't care about what they're doing. You can tell. <laughs> but bands really like phoning it in. You're like, God, they were horrible. It's like, what is this all about? It's like, but bands could play all the notes incorrectly on their songs. And, but if they're having a great time, you're like, this was awesome. That was so cool. And so, and that's what you want to have. You want to have an experience when you go to a show, you know, I mean, did you go to Gigi Allen shows to go, listen to the murder junkies play no you wanted to see him you know shit on the stage and throw it at you and try and burn himself i mean that's what people did it wasn't because of the music and, and the murder junkies were actually pretty good i mean they were actually pretty good band so i mean but that's not why you went that's not why you, you went, went for to the, the shock show. Back value you went for the all. yes you went for the show beyond the show is what you went for 
I was uh, I was looking at your your Facebook and stuff to get pre- prepped for this interview, and I'm like, damn, these videos that you posted of uh, the show at the Forge, like, it looks <laughs> like you're having a fucking blast. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's that show. I think my my parents showed up to that show. Mm. My mom and my stepdad, and my mom had never ever seen us play live, and it was it was their anniversary too, yeah. which is crazy. <laughs> My mom had never seen us play live. She's seen us on videos and stuff like that, but she's never come to a show. And so she came to the show and it was awesome. It was really cool. So, I mean, that, that, that didn't make us play any different than we did. We acted the same way we always do, but it was cool that my, my parents there was awesome. Um, but we have a good time all the time. And if you're not having a good time on stage, it, then it doesn't, then it's not genuine. You're, you know, nothing comes out genuine. And I think every opportunity that we have to go to, you know, play, it, we have to take it up and go, this could be the last time you play. So enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. Yeah, I definitely think that like we saw that with everything when everything happened and shut down with the pandemic. It's like, you know, some of these bands that disband and we're, we will never see them mm-hmm. play live again. Or right. they came back and they said, all right, we're going to do one more show or one more tour. And then like, that's it. And it's only in this one spot that like, you know, 75% of the other fans are not going to be able to get to. So right. I think that's like a really like amazing philosophy to kind of like just go in and like, I think just to like navigate your life in because yes. <laughs> it just means that you're optimizing the good vibes that you want to have. And then hopefully like everybody else wants around you wants to have those similar vibes. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, anybody can come in and take the room down, you know, it's like, it takes a little effort to make the room come up. It's like whatever you add to the, the equation is what you add to the equation. If you want to come in and tear it all down, then go ahead and do that. But, you know, I, I and I've done that. I, I'm not saying I'm some stage person. I've done that. I've gone into places and just brought the room down and I, I can do it in a heartbeat and, and do it. And, you know, it only reflects upon me that I'm the shitty person. That's what it is. It doesn't, I mean, I'm the shitty person that made the situation really shitty. So it's like, you know, why is the situation so bad? It's because of me and, you know, <laughs> you can't even see it. But, you know, it, you have to try and sometimes flip that around and be like, you know, is it worthwhile for me to open my mouth? Is it worthwhile to do anything about it? It's like, you know what? Just accept it. You're here. It's all good, man. It's It's got to be good. It's all good, man. It's like, that's what it is. Just like, let it be, let it ride and just go. Brian, I didn't know if you were going to say something. No, you are. Like... Sorry. I, I keep checking on my dog because every time I say something, he I think he like hears me and he starts barking. And so I'm like, is it one of those dogs that can sense medical ailments? Is he hearing yeah, something? Yeah, he's ready to save you wrong? right now. Here's he the thing. He has that little barrel tied to his neck. Ready? See? No, he's ready. For, yep. Yes, I swear to God. I, I, I was legitimately like looking to get a dog, and I was very much like kind of on the fence of it. And I was watching this video, and it's like, yeah, dogs can like sense and smell. Like, like some dogs have been able to smell cancer, and I'm like, I mean, I'm not worried about it, but that would definitely make <laughs> me less worried about it. Let your dog sniff your neck, and let's see what your dog does when oh, he sniffs your neck. <laughs> now I'm gonna keep him far away from me. Actually, this is the medical exam of the podcast. This is like the segment of right. it. I, I, would, I would, uh, uh, I would, I would, I would, <laughs> doctor, doctor, patient confidentiality on the podcast. <laughs> Have you been losing weight recently? Is your hair falling out? Anything like that at all? No, recently? I've been working out, but that's okay, all. Just making sure. So, I mean, no, I've finished yeah. the monster. It's gone. And I, I mean, if I want to look at your neck too, there's a thyroid nodule there yeah, and see what's going on. Your dog sniffs it and sees what happens. And, it should be good. You know, that dog <laughs> might save your life. That dog could be your lifesaver. Yeah. I hope he is because right now he's my life annoyance, but he's a puppy. Oh, he's only like five yeah. months old. So he's, well, yeah, that dog needs all your care. I know. It's a thing. Yeah. You know, he needs to know what I have to do a podcast, you know? No, you just bring him on the pod and you just pick him up. Like, I wish I I would love to have him like in the corner here, just like chilling. We could have a little camera on him so you could join the call. But my dog would do that if I let him in. But he's like almost three and he weighs 75 pounds. He would sit on my lap. So he would do it. He would sit on my lap and he'd sit right here and look at you guys and be Uh, like, well, adorable. Really good. (laughs) See, dogs are adorable. They are. They're They're, wonderful. They're excellent. I mean, he's he's a really good, good boy. He just wants my attention a lot uh of course and of course i work from home so it's like i'm literally giving him attention all day and i think that's the problem is now i have to give him a little less attention so that he starts to understand like no i have to go and do stuff it can't always be uh uh, me and you hanging out in the in the in the room together 
But the dog only understands it. But you're here all the time, dude. Like you're. Yeah, he's like, like we're besties. We live together. Right. This is a sitcom. You're here all the time. It's, it's like, like why? Why would you ignore me now? I know. It's like fifty percent of what I wanted. So I gotta like start working from a coffee shop a couple of days a week and just get out of the place. And maybe you need a robotic dog and not a real dog. Oh my God. Well, he's already here. I can't make him a robot now. Right. You. Well, I did you name him can't. after a, a a cyborg ninja though. So there's that. Well, see, you're all you're fifty percent there. See, look at that. Yeah, fifty percent there. You're in the 50% future, he's gonna there. be a real badass. But right what now, what ninja? Just... What cyborg ninja was his name? Ever Ninjack or something? No, <laughs> um, uh, his name is Raiden. He's named after oh. uh, the, ninja, the, the, the like from Ninja Gaiden or something. No, or Raiden or uh, whatever. There's, there's. Well, I know the Mortal Kombat one. It's spelled the same way, and everybody thinks that's him because I say, oh. oh, he's named after a video game character. They're like, yeah, the guy from Mortal Kombat. And I have to go, no, it's the main character of Metal Gear Solid 2. Ah, everybody yeah, really hated go. it when it came out, and they were like, why am I not playing as the cool guy? I'm playing as this like girly dude who just does flips all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to name yeah. my dog after that guy. <laughs> yeah, I should remember that Metal Gear Solid 2. I remember that game when it came out. I do. <sighs> It's, it's my favorite game series. I'm like, I just, I just got to name him something. I, I wanted to be at the dog park and I wanted to shout his name and I wanted someone to go, damn, that's cool. Like, that's a cool dog. Why don't you maybe like solid snake and put a box over him? And yeah. Him spots and things <laughs> like that. So you can't find him. Colonel. You know? All right. Oh no, not getting the Colonel back on stream. I won't do the, uh, the solid snake impression, but, uh, I'll, I'll let Lizzie ask the next question so I can stop making noise and he'll stop barking in the background for me. <laughs> so to, uh, hark back to what we were talking about before we were recording, as we've been yeah. doing here and there, um, we obviously talk a lot about like Chicago local legends, but we were talking about also from the hometown that both, you know, adopted hometown, but both of us basically how we have a lot of punk bands. And yeah, punk bands that come here and nobody say the name of the town. About. Say it. Say it. <laughs> say the name of the town with your whole chest. Let the people know what town we're talking about, Lizzie. In Naperville. You can say Naperville. it. Yeah. I was you trying say to be Naperville. like, yes, let's do it an intro. <laughs> you know, you can say it. No, I, I thought Lizzie was kind of avoiding it slightly. Out of it's like, no, I was trying to like intro it to toss. It. I see. I mean, I see. you've got you know, AM Taxi. You've got Lucky Boys Confusion. You've got you know. Us, you know, well, got me from the wheels. I mean, you got Chicago members. I mean, that's the thing. You've got, you know, Jeff Pizzotti is from out here um, from Naked Ray Gun. Um, you know, 30 Seconds Deep back in the day, you know, all these bands. I mean, it's like there, there's all kinds of uh, fun that comes out of the Western burbs, you know. It, so you could go farther out and go to Elgin and start talking about, you know, Slapstick and the Lawrence Arms and um you know new bands like the usuals and things like that or talk about tricky dick from back in the day um you know the four squares you know all, all these bands that were out from the western burbs and it's like you know it, it's it's cool that you know even chicagoland area has kind of its own um you know regions when you have you know punk and how it sounds and how you can tell that a band's from a certain region um you know bands that are from you know, Addison versus bands that are from, you know, uh, Elgin area, like I mentioned, um, it's kind of had a lookoutish kind of jawbreakery sound. And then you've got, you know, all these Chicago bands that sound more uh, buzzsaw guitar-y and, and industrially sounding in some senses, kind of like us and Naked Raygun and Effigies and Pegboy, things like that. Um, so it, it's, it's cool. I mean, we're all just Midwestern, right? It, so even when you go farther out and you go to like, minnesota and you know detroit and you know even you consider ohio you get all these bands that kind of have this similar sound indiana all of us have this midwestern homegrown kind of sound hell i mean you think about most you know emo bands it's like the, it, the midwest is where all that kind of grew i mean you, you get you know bands like braid and you know when you go back to even farther with friction and engage and, and all those guys that came out of that started all this stuff up it's like that's where you know we have this unique thing of being between both coasts and you know having our own influences of what we do here um maybe the winners make us have this problem as well too um but the midwest has its own kind of unique kind of sound to it and then i was having a conversation about this just the other day that a lot of areas that aren't on the coast, like you don't have, you know, New York and the, you know, um, 
that area versus, you know, LA and, and California. And then you have all these areas that are in between and, you know, Florida and, and Colorado and all these places, a lot of people gravitated towards, you know, these different areas to kind of have influences for their bands. And many people pick Chicago as their biggest influences where they had, you know, love for Pegboy and Raygun and us and, and then, you know, Apocalypse Hoboken and the Smoking Popes and all those bands. And, and that's cool. You know, Screeching Weasel, um, you know, the Vindictives, Oblivion, all those bands. And that's kind of cool that, that the Midwest has this draw of people coming to it and people from outside of the Midwest looking to us to kind of influence them, which is cool. So we, we have our own unique thing. And a lot of us had influence from like, you know, the East Coast and the West Coast and hearing all these things and then making it into our own sound here. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, Naperville has a lot of, you know, punk rock legends that came out of it. I will also throw in a Cali Mossy because yeah, I, I went yes, to yes. high school with Sam and yeah, John. Sam, yes. We interviewed just, them and I got in the call and they're like, did you go to this high school? And I'm like, yes. Why do you look familiar? Like, because we went to high school together. I'm like, we were just talking about that at the Rise Against show. So we were talking <laughs> about that. It's an April stuff. It's like, you're still in April? I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, listen, we, we, we keep putting people out there, I guess, you know, despite all the bad rap that it yeah. gets. I guess. I, I listen, I think, it's, you know what? The, the bad rap comes from this is how you get the punk music is that you have problems <laughs> that are there and then you write the true. songs about it and then. <laughs> It's a circle effect, and here there are we problems. Are. There are problems everywhere. Nobody's exempt. Yep, nobody's exempt. It, we're just it, like the we're like the city on the the Globex city on the Simpsons. And the Globex, if you ever watch the Simpsons, there's an episode where Homer gets a job with Globex, and they go to the town, and it's like that's that's Naperville, <laughs> <laughs> basically. That's what it is. <laughs> it's uh, I mean. Punk especially is a music that's made out. I'm, of I'm joking. I love my town. I'm not going to sit there and disparage it because it's I'll like, it's it. too, it's too easy. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's punching down. It's like too easy to do that. It's like so lame. Oh, my hometown, blah, blah, blah. It's like, ah, whatever. Hey, I listen, like we're town. not it's all a day fine. to remember. Let's calm down. <laughs> right. It's all good. It's fine. It's punk fine. is like, I'm, I'm from here and I'm going to try to make a change. And pop punk is like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And they're from a much nicer place than anyone who wrote a punk rock song. <laughs> right it's like a meme that's been going around where it's like pop punk bang is like i gotta get out of here and then it's like a a three million dollar mcmansion that they're trying to leave and it's like dude your life is fine what are you trying to leave yeah Yeah, they're still maybe they're missing something i don't know they're missing something that there's something in their heart that's missing i don't know what it is it's and then you know i don't know i i don't know I'm not a, I, I mean, I like pop punk to listen to it, but I don't play in a pop punk band, so I don't understand it. I don't know. I'm old. I'm old, not pop. I'm staying, I'm staying in this, uh, in this hometown, not leaving. Not leaving. We're right. Fine. Yeah. I mean, we moved away and came back. It's like, what do you do? It's like, okay. What's that all about? You know, they you all, older and you're like, hmm. They all end up like, I, I think it, uh, Chicago, especially, it feels like. I, I, you know, what it is, it's like, you know, every punk rockers, you know, talks about, you know, School of Hard Knocks. I mean, I, I can't send my kids to the School of Hard Knocks. That's what it is. Yes. So they got to go. You're to like, I went here and district. I didn't have a good time, yeah. and now my kids yeah. don't really need to go there. So, <laughs> you know, where are you from? School of Hard Knocks, man. Where's your kids going? Oh, they're going to the prep school. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that we had to go suck. uniform shopping. Um. Yes, you know, they have braces on their uniform though and spikes. Because my kids hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that. Yep, It'd exactly. be like the hard knocks that they have is that they have metal brace instead of Invisalign. That's right. Right. Humble them. <laughs> Lord, that's the humbling we're doing. Um, yep. It does feel like uh, of all the places where people are like, uh, I'm going to go back to there. You know, it's like Chicago yeah. and the Midwest does feel like that city where people are like, even when they move away, like to an LA or to a New York, they're like. Yeah, but I still feel like that Chicago draw and that like I was mostly just thinking of like Fall Out Boy and there's like, yeah, we we still love Chicago. And it's like y'all live in L.A. except for uh, Andy, who I still think lives in Mil- in Milwaukee or somewhere in Wisconsin. So it's like, yeah, you're you're all in L.A. now, but you're like writing songs about Chicago and it's like can't it, leave it. Can't get away. Yeah, from you it. can't. It's, uh, there's something about the Midwest sensibilities, I think, that that kind of stays with you wherever you go. So. 
know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's like putting on an old sweater that fits well and you like say, Hey, this is great. You might be someplace else, but you're always going to pine for, you know, the things that give you comfort. It's comfort food. Chicago's comfort food for everybody. So it's good. Hell yeah. Um, we're almost at an hour, so I want to make sure that we, we wrap up with, you know, all the plugs and, and, uh, move some units, sell some ticks. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, I mean, May 27th is, is it's going to, this episode, day, I think it'll yeah. come out before this will be too. out before. So when you're listening nice. to this, you will be able to get tickets to the chop shop show. Yes. That's a really hard sentence to say, but the chop shop show, <laughs> You did it. You got I it. I made it through. Uh, Despite your illness, you did a great job. Yeah, yeah. So the the weird thing is, we have I, like I have a cold, but the, when we call it like ailments, and you keep asking about my health without the context of what was happening before the pod recording, everyone's like, "Oh no, this is, is the he, last episode." <laughs> right. I I just I'd like to have that mystery, and you just destroyed I, it. By I have to destroy the mystery because I'm no, worried about. No, you never about... know though, because we can hang up on this call, and Brian's gonna like text me and be like, "Hey, so." Guess yeah, where actually, I am. My dog ER. smelled cancer. It sucks. You know. <laughs> that, that dog I was disparaging came in and warned me and saved yeah. my life, you know. That's why I was barking the whole like, time. You weren't listening. Right. Just to try to tell you. It's like you have a bad mess. <laughs> it's like you were on the phone with a doctor and you right. didn't do anything about it. You know, I came to you in a vision. Yeah. In a video. You know, and you just ignored me. And now look at you. Now you're you know, on hospice, but the hell <laughs> do we do? It's, like, it's horrible. It's like horrible. It's like you went from here, but no, go, let's go back to what you're saying. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, so, so let's, let's make sure we promote all the stuff. Where can people, uh, the, the, the best place to support the band to pick up the, the record, uh, is there a vinyl of it? We've talked a lot about vinyl. Yes, there is. On, the on Red Scare, go to Red Scare's website, redscare.net. Uh, you can pick up the vinyl there. You can get CDs as well if you like the digital medium there. You can also go to the Red Scare Bandcamp or our Bandcamp and pick it up as well. Um, you can listen to us on all the streaming services out there, you know, on the Spotify's, on the YouTube Musics, on the, you know, um, and wherever you want to listen to stream us, you can hear us. Um, and uh, we have, like I said, the Shop Shop Show coming up on the 27th in Chicago. So if you're in the area, come on out. If you're, you know, want to come up to Chicago and see us, that'd be great um it's gonna be a great show um if you're gonna be in montreal over the weekend you could well you're not gonna see us by the time this is out you've already <laughs> but they might the be show, in the chat so. right now <laughs> yeah if you're in the chat you know but if you're watching this in the future <laughs> we just played in montreal and it was an amazing show <laughs> unless my plane goes down and i'm talking to you from beyond the oh, curtain yeah. which is yeah, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go this is a horrible thing my kids are probably weeping right now um <laughs> So, um, no, that's morbid. That was really morbid. I took this. We just said Brian was about to be on hospice. I feel like we're really. Yeah. Where's the dog to prevent a plane crash? I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, "Mm, can the pup fly the plane? If I look over and the big bopper's on the plane, I'm like, oh my God, we got to get off this plane. Richie (laughs) Valens and the big bopper. Let's get off this plane. Um, So, no. And then we have uh, a show we're playing in August in actually in Ranch Cucamonga, California. For our old label, Doctor Strange, we're going to be doing a little show there, uh, which will be awesome, August 12th. Uh, keep your eye out for that. It'll be on our socials, you know, on our Instagram, on our Facebooks, um, on our Twitter. I guess we have to get a TikTok now since you mentioned yeah, that. I don't know anything Listen, about Smoking that. Listen, so Smoking Popes we'll is on TikTok. I only knew that because they followed us. And I'm like, oh, they're on TikTok. Man, so I got to call Josh about yep. that and ask him, yep. like, dude, how do you do this, You're Josh? Like, I just got called out on the stream. What is <laughs> right. going on? I'm going to text him like, Josh, how do you do TikTok? Ah, like, Daryl, you do this. I'm like, right, could you do run our TikTok for us? Yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> it's make it happen. It's definitely going to be a, I, I don't know. I have my kid do it here. I, I don't know. <laughs> right. I should have my kids do it. So um, so we'll be playing August 12th in California. Um, we will be doing some other shows around Chicagoland area. I can't. I, I, they're not announced yet from what I understand. We'll see. It, it, who knows what's going to happen. But we are playing Fest. Uh, at the end of the year. Um, so get your tickets for Fest. Fest is awesome. I think the three-day tickets just sold out, but you know they'll have other single-day tickets, I hope. Um, and we're playing two sets at Fest, which is going to be awesome. Um, one of the best festivals in the world. Um, who knows what else might be coming up? Who knows? There may be other things that pop up since we are have this great new record out, Essential, that you have to pick up that is 
garnering a lot of attention and is probably many people's album of the year. I'll tell you, it's it's great. If it's in your, it should be in your top 10. I'm telling you, it's in the top 10, probably in your top five, um, maybe in your top three. Um, you know, if I die, then definitely it's going to be in the definitely. Yeah, because definitely. then you, you things happen where you're like, oh, posthumous, it's this guy, you know, he just died. He was a doctor. He was a great man. And then he's got this record and this is a great work. He left this for us. His legacy is left in this thing. Um, so, um, I'm not going to mention that again. I think three times you say candy yeah. man, he appears. And if you say three times about dying, it really happens. Yeah. Mm. That's not a medical <laughs> fact, by the way. I just made that up right now. That's okay. So, if um, everything you say as a doctor is medical fact, I, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I trust you. Like, I feel like legally. Yeah. yeah. Right. If I, if, if I post it on TikTok, it's only real then. I yeah. That's that, that actually I didn't do TikTok. correct. That, that, yeah. So I was about to say that tracks. If you were on TikTok and you get. Because you have your FYP, so it's, like, tailored towards, like, you and your interests. So, yeah. since you're a doctor, and we were talking about before, way before when we just hopped on to, like, get everything set up. We were talking about, like, health and wellness. You would get on the side of TikTok, and I think you would just be like, all right, I know this is a punk band account, but now it's also a <laughs> doctor health. Right, <laughs> Debunking right. Debunking everything account. Yep. Yes, health and wellness. And so if your dog is barking at your neck, you may want to get a, a ultrasound of your thyroid. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Just, just that kind of stuff. Like, oh, my my dog barks at me. You well, know? you think your dog has something going on that they're trying to tell you? Right. They might be. <laughs> right. I think my dog wants treats and attention. And when your dog wants treats, yeah. <laughs> when your dog under. wants treats, right? God, that voice lives in my head. It's the worst thing in the world to me. It's just an awful voice. Uh, but yeah, uh, um, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll wrap this this interview here. We're gonna hang out on Twitch a little bit. Uh, we got a couple people who who may have some 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 cues, and we have some A's uh, for those cues. I guess that's how you would say it. Um, but yeah, if you're in the Chicago area or if you're going to the Chicago area, Chop Shop, May 27th, if you're anywhere else in the world and you can't make it to Chicago, buy the record, buy the vinyl, yeah. sit with it, listen to it, experience it. Lay on your floor and maybe cry to it if it compels you. Right. right. Is this a lay okay. on the floor and cry record? <laughs> no, it's more of a jump up and smash yeah. things in your house okay. record. Is what it yeah. kind of but is. you can do it And in you'll the cry afterwards because then you have to pay for all that stuff you wrote. <laughs> yeah. Then again, it's like, who cares? It's like all the material shit's broken anyway. Who cares about it? Just, just let it it's go. It's okay. Aren't we as humans go. broken? So it's okay. We, okay. we all are. <laughs> all yes. Right. We're, our time's ticking away. We're going to talk about Lizzie's medical issues out, uh, off oh, the wow, recording now, apparently. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to go and hang out with everybody over on Twitch. But in the meantime, Daryl, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us. Yeah, It was fun. It was fun. Thanks. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. Remember to rate us five stars to keep me going. <laughs> to keep me. It keeps Brian's IV filled. Keeps me kicking. Uh, and and make sure to follow us on our socials to find out about that that neat little Riot Fest giveaway that is going to happen at... Some point. Some point. Um, love you very much. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. But in the meantime, from all of us here at the Emo Social Club podcast, <laughs> gotta say the name a bunch of times. Uh, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. Goodbye. Goodbye.